So hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike after the final day of India versus England the four match test series. India have won the series 3-1. It has been riveting. There has been a lot of talk about pitches and players a lot of the times but at the end of the day I think we can say that the hosts were deserved winners. An all-star panel today. Welcome Devan Sen who probably came the closest with his prediction yesterday. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, in fact, uh, if I can just, you know, pat myself on the back, you'll recall that I had first predicted uh, towards the end of the first test match uh, when England batted the second time that I could see the tide turning uh, in India's favor and yes, it's it's spun quite uh, remarkably since then, no pun intended. And yes, in the end uh, deserving victors uh, and England will have to look back at a few missed opportunities right through the series. Hmm, another man who's pretty good at this prediction thing because he said that the third test would end in two days is Andrew Miller, and he joins us from the United Kingdom. Greetings. Yeah, I was fairly confident this was a three-day, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll, I'll certainly accept the lion tomorrow. That's that'll, that'll do me. Okay, so we've had a two-day test. We've had a three-day test. Gaurav Sundaraman, why do we have five-day test <laughs> matches or five days allocated for test matches? So that you see some uh, billion test matches like the one in Gaba. which uh, india beat australia so i think uh, uh, there's a place for all kinds of tests and we've seen two day tests we've seen three and the first test did go to the fifth day anyway so uh, it's been a great test series absolutely absolutely it has and what it does at least what this test match does as it is finished early we get the weekend to ourselves also i just realized before we started recording that uh, my fantasy premier league team wasn't updated So this is why it was a slight five minute delay, and I have to apologize to you three of y'all in particular because I had to go and update my fantasy Premier League team before the deadline ended. Anyway, enough of the football. Let's get back to the cricket. Gaurav, we'll start with you. India, I mean, they were pretty dominant ever since that first test in Chennai. Yeah, and uh, they were smart about everything they did, the kind of uh, team selection, the pitches, uh, whatever. They used everything to their advantage, and they played uh, exceptionally well. And uh, I think. England completely went downhill after the first test uh, they didn't really have a plan too many uh, changes uh, i don't know what would have been the result if they had played with their first 11 if i may call uh, without any rotation and stuff uh, uh, so really interesting to see that see they won the toss this is again a very very so gaurav let, let, let's get into that then about about england i've heard this a lot of people say that england should play their strongest team their strongest 11 who who is in that strongest 11 that wasn't there through the series apart from jos butler of course who left after that first test match but folks has probably been a pretty able replacement yeah so how i look at it is it, it may not mean like a butler or a moin ali is better than someone who's there but someone who's who gets four tests it's hard place to play in india you can't just get people on and start uh, playing there and expect them to succeed like rory burns for example he got he had a bad test he was removed uh, they uh, so dan learn showed what he's capable of today um, maybe he would have uh, done well uh, if he had played all four tests so it it all those things matter so all i all i expect was uh, maybe continuity i know that was part of their plan so uh, uh, i think that uh, backfired milai do you think that would have helped if players get a long run in the side yes it would but i mean i've got a i've got a defending lens policy here to a degree because you know we're living through a pandemic i mean it, it, it you cannot quantify how tough it must be to be in a bubble for 3 months running I mean in India I'm sure would not accept uh, an England tour in which in which they're completely locked down for all 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 time all time to see and you know I 
I don't know. I don't think England missed too many major players in, in the course of that. I mean, yeah, Josh Butler, I do think, was a massive loss in that he's one of England's few players who's able to attack in spinning conditions. He, he could have, in, in tight games, such as the ones we've had in Ahmedabad, he's the type of guy who could have done a Rishabh Pant for England. I don't think there are many in England's ranks who could have done that. And you look at Johnny Bairstow's failures and you can suggest that, yes, that probably is a, a factor of a lack of continuity. There he was in some sort of form after Sri Lanka, goes home, misses the Chennai leg, comes back and is, is he's all over the shop. But, but what do we really expect of the players in, in the current circumstances? You can't expect, as Joe Root said at the toss, said at the uh, presentation, you can't expect these guys to stay in form, fitness, all the rest of it, if they're flogged all the way through these 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 series without a break. And equally, you know, imagine what it must be like for the guys on the fringes of that first eleven if they're expected to be dragged around in a bubble for three months with absolutely no prospect of getting a game. I mean, you know, Ben Folks finally got his opportunity when 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 um, Butler went home. But you think of someone like James Bracey, um, England's reserve reserve keeper. He's been he's been dragged around in a bubble for about six months now without any prospect of a game. I think you've got to recognise that there 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 has to be flexibility and and a little degree of acceptance that these are really weird times. And if you don't try to break the mould with selection and and how you do things, you're going to break your players instead. Having said that, uh, Miller probably safe to say that it is England's batting that has let them down ever since Chennai, and even in Chennai, it was it was mainly Joe Root, right? Yeah, totally. And even Joe Root struggled towards the end. His 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 form in the last three tests was nowhere near the form in his first three tests of the winter. And you can say, you know, looking at Dan Lawrence's performance, that yes, there was a degree of continuity in that he played most of the games a series and and came good at the end he 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 got a got a measure of the conditions but you know i don't think i don't think there were many players missing from england's best 11 that would have done better butler being the one guy i think could have su- surpassed the conditions on occasions but you know if root and stokes england's best players of spin are struggling to to master Ashwin and, and axa then i don't think there are many other guys in 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 their ranks who could have done better Deban, I think the absence of Butler is amplified more because Rishabh Pant did what what he did, and Butler is probably a very similar attacking wicketkeeper batsman. That's true, but I completely go with uh, Miller's point uh, on on one fact that uh, you also have to account for the fact that when India went to Australia, they had a number of regulars missing, and yet they were able to turn the tables and come up with a good performance. So at the end of the day, it also boils down to. Uh, how well your batsmen or how well your players have played and how well uh, they've been able to cope with the uh, conditions abroad or with the opposition. So that's where I think, uh, I mean, you you may uh, consider a few players who were probably missing from even this 11 today, uh, but I doubt they would have made much of a difference considering how well India have actually bowled in the latter part of the series. I think, again, starting from the second innings in Chennai, uh, Ashwin has been in superlative form. He's really found his mojo as a bowler. Akshar Patel, uh, he showed from the second test onwards just what India were missing in that first test match when they played Shahbaz Nadeem. And yes, the seamers have also done their bit from time to time. Siraj in this first innings was outstanding. And uh, together, they've just given absolutely no breathing space to the English batsmen. So, it's been a tough tour. And uh, what we've said all along on this podcast, that it is one of the toughest places to tour because the ball turns, because there is heat. Uh, uh, Thankfully, there wasn't a lot of travel this time around. But to cope for that, there is, of course, that uh, ennui, so to speak, of, you know, staying in the bubble, staying at the same place, not having anywhere to go out 
factor too. So all of that can contribute to a lot of these factors. And uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure if you look at it statistically, uh, it has been difficult for touring teams ever since this pandemic has broken out. There have been some notable victories, India and Australia, West Indies and Bangladesh. But overall, I think uh, it, it has been a difficult thing to go abroad and you know do well in, in, in a prolonged uh, period of time. Yeah, the men who came good for India, Gaurav and I. This was a topic, I think, let, let's start right from the top there, Rohit Sharma. And this was a topic on polite inquiries with Dobell and Ronak, I think, a couple of days ago. Or maybe during the last test match, which asked the question, is Rohit the best test opener currently? Uh, yeah, you, you, I, I, I guess so. You're asking um, across the world? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a tough one. But yes, I think uh, uh, Rohit is up there because he's still yet to play uh, in England and New Zealand. So uh, as of now, yes, at home in tough conditions, spinning tracks, he was the one who stood out. With Rohit, we always have to say that, right? <laughs> he's not played in England or in New Zealand. I remember the last time he was in form and then for the New Zealand series, he was injured. So we didn't get the answer to that to that age-old question. Yeah, but uh, looking at how he's been uh, playing, he's very compact. He has a great temperament. He's able to play. Uh, he, he never was troubled. However the pitch was, uh, however bad it was or however... Uh, the situation was he managed to play very well so i think rohit never found when you when you see everybody else bat in that same pitch in chennai and you saw rohit he, it was completely different so um yes at the point at this point in time rohit's really up there uh, he should be able to continue his game and uh, the last couple of years rohit really showed uh, uh, that uh, he's at a peak of his game so it's good to leverage this form and to answer your question yeah he's up there i may not uh, say that he's the best Hmm. Deban, here's the surprise, right? We're looking at India's top performers. Rohit Sharma is an opener. After that, I think it's safe to say Shubman Gill, Virat Kohli, Cheteshwar Pujara, nor Ajinkya Rahane have had the best of series. And then the stars follow in, in this series in particular. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, but just to give it a little bit of context, uh, let's just uh, put it in perspective that in these uh, difficult conditions, uh, the top of the order is often the most difficult place to bat at. Uh, we saw it even in England's second innings today that uh, really their first four or maybe their first six wickets got blown away for next to nothing. And after that, they got a little bit of a partnership. So once the ball softens up a little bit, it uh, perhaps uh, grips a little less. It comes on a little slower onto the bat and uh, that just makes it a little easier to bat against uh, spin in particular. So, um, I wouldn't really hold it. I mean, we discussed this on the podcast yesterday as well, that if you look across uh, the two teams, uh, the batting averages won't be very high for the series right through. And uh, that has also afflicted uh, some of the Indian top order players. But yes, uh, one huge bonus which has come through the last two tours, uh, the, the one at home against England and the one in Australia, is that India's lower and lower middle order has really started performing well. Rishabh Pant has been a massive part of it. Washington Sundar has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, Ashwin has contributed from time to time. And Akshar Patel also uh, contributed some runs in this particular match. So, those are huge positives for India because I was just looking at the stats that India went from 146 for 6 to 365. So, that's uh, virtually a 150% increase on their score. That's the kind of contributions which really, I mean, those are the kind of contributions which actually decide the course of a match and that's what enabled this uh, innings victory. So, uh, fair game to them. Outstanding performance from the lower middle order of India. 
Miller, was that a shock? Because historically, India... It's no shock. I, I watched Rishabh Pant at the Oval on the 2018 tour. I was watching watching his antics in Brisbane. <laughs> that wasn't a shock. I mean, we, we, we all knew what was possible um, if, if he got going. We saw it in, in, in that extraordinary innings in the, in the first test when he started launching into Jack Leach. I mean, even in a winning position, it was extraordinary to watch. You know, Leach's eight overs going for 77. And yet it was still the right thing to be doing, to be attacking the rough and challenging him to make a mistake. And he didn't. So, you know, we, we knew, we, we, we were forewarned by, by that performance in, in adversity in the first test of what would happen if he was suddenly in a dominant position to do the same thing. Um, absolutely magnificent. I mean, again, it comes back to my, my slight lament about Butler's absence, because I do feel as though there is a, a sea change in the way that test cricket's being played at the moment, particularly, you know, basically it's a T20 influence partly to do with bubbles and, and the fact there's no, t- no chance to get out and practice in, in, in proper, proper tour conditions. You, you just have to, have, to have to come out and take your mentality essentially out of the middle with you, don't you? And so most people's default mentality at the moment is T20 mentality because that's the, the format that's seemed to play the most. And, and I, 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 I've loved it, actually, watching, you know, on the one hand, you've got James Anderson showing the old school proper test match now has its has its time and place but then suddenly he runs up against some guy who's got absolutely no respect for for that that form of the game and or actually that's not fair he'd had plenty of respect until the moment he decided he didn't have any any need for respect anymore and he wants to up the ante i loved it i i i I don't I, i i don't see any issue in in celebrating the fact that the t20 game is affecting how test cricket's tempo plays out i i think it's been thrilling it was thrilling in brisbane it was thrilling here uh, England have, have had moments as well in uh, Joss Butler's chase against um, Pakistan last summer was was a similar sort of effort. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, but yeah, to come back to your original point, no, <laughs> no surprise at all. It, 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 if, if, if there was that LBW, wasn't there, that, that LBW with 157 it would have been if, if it had been given on umpire's call, Don Bess would have had the, the break he perhaps needed and uh, Rishabh Pant wouldn't have got started and who knows what would have happened. But, you know, what would have happened probably is Washington Sunday would have done it instead and England still would have clapped for <laughs> single figures in their second innings. So, uh, yeah, wonderful to watch. Yeah, I just wanted to make the point uh, absolutely right from Miller that uh, there has been a huge influence of T20 cricket on batting and that has, uh, in a way, also worked for the bowlers because what's happened is batsmen around the world nowadays probably don't know as much the art of you know playing defensive innings and uh, backs-to-the-wall kind of innings where you need to stonewall from time to time, where you need to occupy the crease without uh, perhaps scoring runs for a long time. And that's worked out uh, to the advantage of bowlers, as we saw right through the series as well. We didn't see too many innings where batsmen were willing to bide their time, uh, stay out there, be patient. And that's where Punt's innings, actually, the first half of it was a refreshing change because he was willing to bide his time, he was willing to defend, uh, look for the singles uh, to begin with. And then once he got his eye in, that's that's when he started playing his strokes. Whereas today you saw that uh, the English batsmen seemed to be in a little bit of a hurry. They almost looked like they just wanted to hit their way out of trouble. And that's never a good idea in any case uh, when the ball is spinning uh, a fair amount, and especially against spinners who are really at the top of their game. So that's what uh, probably counted against them. They could have done with somebody just to dig in there and uh, you know stay uh, through a length of, say, 30 or 40 overs and for the others to bat around him. But we just didn't see that at all from England in this test match. 
one um, very important thing touring india is that you need to have your uh, bowlers uh, sorted you need bowlers who can get those 20 wickets see the uh, losses which india have had in the recent past at home swan panesa did it stain used to stain did it for south africa and uh, the megas and gillespies did it in 2004 those so these were the recent losses so uh, england didn't come prepared uh, enough with respect to the ball so that's something which uh, i think they have to go back and next time they come uh, to india you need to have really a strong bowling attack because you you were in the game 146 for 6 uh, anything could have happened that time just like miller said if uh, forget the lbw but if they had managed to get a couple of wickets then there then uh, uh, maybe they in they would have got a lead of 50 and then things would have been slightly different so uh, when teams come to india i think they need to more than playing spin uh, indian batsmen I'm, i'm assuming gorav you're talking about spinners though here right or is it even like no, stuart broad yeah, selection even the quicks i think like i i thought ollie stone and archer both had uh, a decent amount of uh, uh, potential uh, just that they hardly played Uh, but you need a mix of bowlers and even spinners or quicks it doesn't really matter because indian batting with some quality bowling you can definitely uh, put them under a pump we saw that with australia in 2017 also when nathan lyon and steve keep bowled really well pat cummins hazelwood if you have a good attack the indian batting is can definitely be uh, countered so people come here thinking that let's have chentana batting make sure we play spin well but if you have a, a, a very very strong bowling attack which teams need to work on i think you can definitely compete and even beat india i i, I guess we can all agree that uh, jack leach was was good miller but is there any other spinner maybe who was on the bench who should have maybe played instead of dom bess who who i must say i felt i felt kind of bad for towards the end of the series well the, the one guy i thought at the start of the series might end up getting a look in was Amaverdi uh, the Surrey left armor who who is by all accounts a classical spinner I've, i've i've only watched him in one game but you know there's a there's a lot to like about his very old school methods and i think they could have been very effective in these conditions but i mean the word from the england camp is he hasn't been bowling especially well in the nets and he's also which again this this is something that has held england spinners back um, for years uh, he's not the greatest batsman and if he was in the side alongside Leach and suddenly you know that tail which was already pretty flimsy to to judge by the scores would have been even flimsier um but no i mean it's it's a tough one with best i mean george debell wrote a wrote a very fine piece about it yesterday just um making the point that you can't blame best for the circumstances in which he's been thrown in here i mean he he's never been the first choice spinner for somerset he's had to move counties to to be the first choice spinner he averages 47 in the county second division i mean and that's obviously when he's had opportunities to be that frontline spinner and so it's he's had to learn on the hoof and i think he got badly burnt by the the manner of his dropping uh, i thought it was unfortunate that in a, in a in a tour in which um, they've been banging on so much about mental health and and rest and rotation and i've already talked about why i think there is a value value to recognizing that so then go fairly comprehensively on record and say no it's not really a mental health issue with with dommies it's not bowling very well i thought that was that was a bit unhelp unhelpful i thought i thought you know you could quietly have just put it to one side say you know moin's back from covid and uh, he's an experienced spinner let's use him for a bit and dom will be in reckoning when when we got um, more conditions later in the series and i don't see why they couldn't have framed it like that so that the focus wasn't completely on him because you know he had 17 wickets of 22 at the moment he got dropped it's like It's like Stephen Finn getting dropped in the Ashes in 2010. He had similar figures. He was the leading wicket taker in the, in the series at the time, and to all intents and purposes, his career never really recovered from from that 
that sense that I, I've done my best here and I'm still not considered good enough. And, you know, it could do long-term damage, I think. It, it's a great shame because I think he's, a, he's, got the, he's got the mental fight and certainly you see it in, in the way he fields and bats. Um, he, he's a, he, he has the potential to be a, a very complete package for England if they can find the way to, to nurture him a bit. But, but, you know, spin has been a long-standing issue for England and, and this tour has really exposed quite how big that issue is. Final few words on today is G stats. Uh, I know India won and it should be a joyous occasion, but that moment when Washi was stuck on 96 and uh, both Ishant and Siraj were out, uh, pretty. It, it it felt bad to see him there, but I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll get that century one day. Yeah, yeah. The the scary thing was. Um... What I felt really bad was we don't know when he'll play again. They have, what, mm. six test matches in England, uh, uh, including the World Test Championship final. And then you have your next home series coming up and we don't know how uh, uh, the what happens to the reserves, etc. So he's more of a backup now to Ashwin, I would say, if Jadeja is fully fit. So it's going to be very, very uh, uh, interesting to see whether he can make that uh, other century. But hats off to him. He's played all the under-pressure knocks. So uh, outstanding um, uh, achievement is the lowest he's ever batted in a first-class match. Number eight, he always opens or is batted six or seven. So uh, he's a proper batsman and he has a, a great future. He's a left-hander, which adds uh, even more value to uh, to a setup which has a lot of right-handers. Does the bowling need to improve, though? Uh, not really. I think he showed us in Australia that he was able to uh, play the holding role. So again, there will be a chance when he has to play the holding role. He's playing as a third spinner now. And maybe if he's the second spinner, yes, you can question his bowling. But if he's third spinner, I think he's doing a great job. And especially we've seen how well he bowls to left-handers in the white ball uh, format. So uh, he did get Stokes out, uh, if I remember, in the first inning. So uh, he's he's very well sorted. His maturity is amazing. You you already played what uh, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Hazelwood in your debut series in Australia. Now you played on uh, uh, tough pitches in India. So... What more do you have uh, to achieve or what more do you have to face in the first few tests? So great, great stuff. Absolutely, it was. And Gaurav, you mentioned the World Test Championship. India, with this victory, Deban, have qualified for the final, which will be played in June versus New Zealand in England. Uh, somewhere in England, I, I think it's most likely to be Southampton. I, I don't know what to make of this, Deban, because uh, both Virat Kohli and Ravi Shastri spent the last six to eight months uh, telling us that the World Chess Championship doesn't matter. It's like India are not focused on it. It's a distraction, etc., etc. I mean, it's all well and good coming now at the presentation and saying that, okay, now it matters because we're qualified. <laughs> and and I understand their point where they said that I think India were upset when the point system changed and they were top of the table and they weren't anymore uh, because of COVID-related issues. But I really don't know what to make of how seriously maybe India took the WTC. Yeah, in fact, I, I don't know if on this panel, apart from G-Stats, anybody takes uh, the WTC that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I have always maintained that I, I think it's just a little bit of a distraction. I think it's a good uh, concept in theory. But I think it's uh, incomplete until it uh, actually compels teams to force uh, each other to play each other uh, both home and away. So you have 12 test nations. This is an ideal opportunity to actually get the likes of Afghanistan and Ireland some top class exposure. Uh, without that, I really don't see the point of a World Test Championship. At the moment, it seems like a little bit of a lightweight competition. Uh, great in theory, but uh, I mean, it may not uh, thank God for the fact that India have qualified for the final. Otherwise, ICC may not have even seen the monetary value to it. 
but yes it sets it up nicely and given the circumstances i mean even though it's a very small sample space especially of uh, what new zealand have done away from home and india also haven't really i mean out of i think what 17 matches they've only played uh, something like six abroad so um it's not a great accurate reflection of whether these two are the top teams but you have to say that on form they have at least been the two best teams at home so that probably gives them that uh, right to contest for the first world test championship final and let's see what happens i mean if it's a great match if it's something that goes down as a classic maybe it'll do something for the championship itself but yeah i'll still stick to my stand that i think uh, if you have 12 test nations then you have to have all of them involved in the championship in some capacity or another uh, you may uh, restrict the number of matches perhaps uh, say for a smaller nation to play against a big nation but at least an afghanistan or an ireland has to be a part of it and has to have the opportunity of playing with the big boys even if it's for a two test series Miller, what do you make of it, though? I mean, I'm, uh, I'm saying this now, but I'm sure by the time June comes around, it sounds like an extremely exciting prospect that India and New Zealand will play a one-off match uh, in England to determine the first, the inaugural World Test Championship winner. And I know we're going to get probably our complaints there of saying that it should be a two-test or a three-test match series. But I'm excited that this could be the one-off. It's a final, right? I mean. It, it should be fun. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with with celebrating the fact that this has finally happened. I mean, we think about the number of times we've tried to get this wretched concept off the ground, and and then suddenly we finally get it off the ground, and a pandemic strikes, and it basically scuppers any hope of the little guys getting their opportunity to really punch above their weight. So you know, the 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 the, the number crunching, and Gaurav knows that better than I. But the number crunching that's gone into this final table has been an absolute abomination, and. Uh, you know everyone has kind of lost faith of it along the way but let's just give it a chance let's let it let it walk before it needs to run and you know ultimately we've got two teams in the final who i think are about as good as you could hope to get i think i think um certainly new zealand i'm very pleased to see them there i think they've been an exceptional side for an awfully long time now um, with a bowling attack that that can that can wreck anyone in any conditions so i i'm pleased to see them get their chance and india have been the best side in the world by for my money for a long time india were obviously usurped by australia as world number 1 briefly when the when the ratings got updated last year but i don't rate australia currently i think they're they're about as flaky at side as they've been in a long time to be <laughs> they have they have one overseas in how many years years is it series is it since they've won an overseas series it's uh, i mean i i, I don't I, remember I, the last I, time yeah well i i think i calculated that it's been as Uh, it's been their worst away run of series obviously bearing in mind they didn't win the ashes but they did they did retain them uh, last year the longest they've not won an overseas series since the 1980s when they were officially the worst side in the world so you know i i think the two the right teams are in the final and therefore let's give it a chance let's enjoy the spectacle as it as it plays out and if you know the fact that india are there is a big is a big plus point if there is a buzz around it it would be nice if it was played at lords but you know we'll play it anywhere in the circumstances if there's a buzz and people get excited then next time round at least we've got a got a template to to build on and that's all we can hope for with with something like this um i'm i'm not i'm not willing to pan it even though it's been a, a pretty tricky birth but you know compared to the 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 teething trouble it had in getting off the ground in the first place uh, the last few months have been a breeze frankly Mm, fair enough so we'll we'll talk more about the world test championship i guess when it comes around after the ipl and in june new zealand of course go to play a two test match series in england just before the wtc final so that may just give them the edge gorov uh, i read this somewhere i think i was scrolling twitter and i and i came across this india are the first side in a long long time 
to win back to back series after the losing the first test in each right i think even england did that just very recently apart from those two okay. not many england beat south africa and west indies right uh, after losing the first test yeah it's not very easy to do that and doing it away is even more harder which india and uh, england uh, showed uh, just the fact that this team has a lot of uh, uh, guys who have stepped up you know kohli has hardly performed uh, there's still questions on uh, rahane and pujara's consistency even though they've done some really uh, they played some really uh, top knocks in this in this period just that we have seen guys step up uh, still uh, still can't believe that uh, uh, sundar and thakur added so many runs in gaba and again sundar and uh, uh, pant today so uh, yesterday so it's it's pretty amazing that people have stepped up and uh, hats off to them and that's why they are uh, the number one team sure so so then let's let's go around the table then g starts we'll start with you pick one top performer from these four test matches we saw five day test in the first one england won that one in the second test in chennai england lost the series was level the third test was maybe an aberration it was a two day test match and india won but the sides were pretty even steven i think until that that fourth innings and the fourth test india probably dominated so pick pick one one or two players from from india who have really really stood out and made probably made themselves a test regulars going forward don't know about the test regulars part but definitely rohit sharma for me stand out uh, he didn't get enough mention during the presentation as well but i think top notch uh, the kind of innings he played especially in chennai and the pink ball uh, was amazing uh, so rohit sharma for me and akshar patel was definitely a surprise uh, I, he was not even in the reckoning i think none of us ever thought that he's going to start this series or even play this series it was nadeem who was the first choice kuldeep uh, there was a lot of talk about kuldeep but akshar came in and uh, stole the show and he uh, seems to be uh, ideal replacement for jadeja so he takes five wicket hauls like it's uh, i mean every match right gorav that he's yeah. he's played Just in his career one he's... innings he missed he took four uh, as in consecutively he missed five in a row <laughs> mm, mm, hard hard it must be a hard life they ban for aksar patel <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely i mean uh, such a difficult uh, grade up apparently among all bowlers in history of test cricket i think jared had tweeted this uh, uh, with minimum of 20 wickets he has the best bowling average right now in test match history so i think it's a safe uh, temptation for him maybe to retire on this high note <laughs> i don't think those numbers will be better for a long long time a bowler's version of adam wojes <laughs> out, outstanding performance from him all the way through just uh, i mean even in the post match presentation i think when he was asked today he, he spoke about his confidence just uh, the self belief that he had that's what you know uh, stood him apart and uh, again uh, perhaps another hat tip to the fact that t20 has benefited uh, test match to a great extent because he's uh, pretty much kept his fundamentals similar to what works for him in t20s not done too much different just those little subtle variations in in release point speeds a little bit of uh, maybe lack of turn from time to time and that's completely done the english uh, batsman in and he's he's been probably india's uh, real find of the series i think uh him and rishabh pant and rohit sharma of course also deserves a mention and who can forget ashwin in fact i mean there's just too many players it's taken us it's taken us 30 minutes to mention ashwin and but 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 having said that we have given him enough love on this podcast i think through the entire indian winter well he did win the man of the series anyway so mm. i think the uh, adjudicators have done that you know showering that love uh, on our behalf awesome miller your standout performer for from india 
Well, just a note on AXA. I, I must admit, when I heard that Jadeja was going to miss the entire series with his with his broken thumb, I did think that that gave England a, a real opportunity because, I mean, Jadeja was the one guy I thought was going to just mow us down, DRS central, um, you know, thump the pad with that with that wickedly straight line of his and and wreck us. And lo and behold, another left arm spinner crops up and, and does just that. But you know. <laughs> We've talked about it a lot. It was it was a spin dominated series, so therefore, for me, the batsmen have got to stand out. Rohit's century, his one six one was just outstanding. Just, I mean, the the way he just seized the agenda and and levelled the series on the on the first day of the second test essentially was was uh, was probably for me the best innings of the series. But the best spectacle by distance was Rishabh Pant in this test. I mean, my God, what an innings! And again, I've already mentioned his his his. His counter-attack against Leach in the first test. Um, those two guys, the way in which they transcended the conditions and proved all, all the media talk, it was certainly you know, can't, can't tar all English pundits with the same media talk, but there was a lot of talk about the pitch. Those two guys proved that it really wasn't about the pitch. It, it was about the playing on that pitch and they could score runs on it and England couldn't, simple as that. So Rishabh Pant, he beat Australia in Australia. He helped India beat England in, England in England in India. He helped India knock out England and Australia from the World Championship. And he's, by all accounts, an excellent commentator as well. Harsha, in the post-match presentation, Devan, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. Harsha asked him, fans bolte jab aap baat karte ho, commentary band karni chahiye. He's talking about basically when Rishabh Pant is being picked up on the stump mic. Yeah. And Pant replies... Ab aap dekho ki wo compliment hai ki aapko improve karna hai. Yeah. Basically, he's telling Harsha Bogle, a, com- a sportscaster for, what, what is it, the past 30 years, that maybe I'm just a little bit better than you even at commentary. Yeah, possibly. I think, I mean, Harsha started off in radio about 40 years ago. So, <laughs> it's, it's that much of a difference. Uh, about like maybe uh, 18 or 20 or 17 or 18 years before uh, Rishabh was even a twinkle in his father's eye. So <laughs> that just talks about how much confidence this young man has. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's actually entertaining to listen to. It's a shame that he speaks a lot of it in Hindi, which is why our international audiences probably can't get a lot of it. But yeah, he's very funny. And I think uh, today he came up with a new term. I was trying to make what he was saying. Each time the ball went to a fielder, he was... Uh, he kept saying Loki or something and I was very excited because that's also my dog's name. So I'm, I'm not sure if that was what it was about. But he kept saying it for every fielder, for Washington Sundar, for Virat Kohli. So I don't know what what's the story behind that. Maybe we'll get to know someday from BCCI TV or one of their videos. But yeah, he's been a, a terrific influence on this team and it's it's been an inspired selection to play him and to play him ahead of Ritiman Saha. Not something that we had really anticipated at the start of this uh, uh, double leg of Australia and uh, India home season. So, uh, the Indian management deserves credit for doing that. And we heard Ravi Shastri also talk about the fact that he was told that you needed to shed some weight. And he's clearly done that. He's worked hard on his keeping. That's showing in this series. And he's probably been the most improved player uh, through these uh, sequence of, uh, say, uh, eight matches. All right, so final word from each of y'all. Gaurav, we'll start with you. Your favorite moment this series. It can it can probably be anything. It can be maybe even the crowds coming back. I think it was it was pretty awesome seeing so many people in a what what is it, a hundred and thirty thousand seater stadium? Yeah, but my favorite moment I think has to be uh, Ashwin's century with the bat at home. You know, those are very rare things which happen to cricketers, and it just felt uh, uh, very good watching it in front of uh, with so uh, so many people in his uh, home uh, venue. So that's my favorite moment. Deban, 
Yeah, I'll I'll just uh, probably think a little bit from an England perspective. I think uh, it's hard to go beyond James Anderson and his spell, which uh, decided the final day of the first Test match. I think that was a very special moment because uh, that was a lot more skill in a sense than some of what. I mean, taking no credit away from the bowlers, but the conditions were a lot more helpful later on for the bowlers. But that was sheer skill. And to get two top-class players in one over was a really magical bowling. Miller, did you just like the day-night test because you could get up that little bit later? Oh, God, yes. And two days, two-day finish. So it was just a shame they didn't, couldn't, couldn't swap a two-day finish for 4am rise. But <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned James Anderson. I was, I was going to throw, throw in that as in that dim and distant moment when England were actually ruling the roost in, in India. It was, it was glorious. but. I, I'm going to go for a slightly left field one. I mentioned it earlier, but just that that duel between Leach and Pant in that first test was was just far and away my favourite spell of the entire entire series. It was it was just a perfect marriage of where I think cricket is at the moment. There, there was absolutely nothing that Leach was doing wrong. He was ploughing away, aiming for that rough, trying to rip it through his defences, and he just got pumped over over deep mid wicket time and time again by a guy who was playing exactly the right shot in exactly the right circumstances and I loved it I, I thought it was it was a really good exhibition of why test cricket still stands stands tall at its best even in, in a in a 2020 onslaught that, that you can you can marry two methods and produce a passenger play that compelling excellent Debayan Miller G stats it's been a pleasure of course, this test series is followed by a limited over series as well, so the cricket doesn't end. England will hope to be a little bit more competitive. All I can say is it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Join us, listener, on Stump Mike through that series as well. Thank you for listening.